This episode of No Bad Food is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Are you a producer of artisan food or drinks looking to get your name out there? Look no further. Whiskey Lane's team of social media, branding, and marketing experts is here to help. They'll take care of all that stuff for you so that you can focus on doing what you do best, making awesome products for your customers. Here at No Bad Food, we know that buying locally made products goes a long way toward making our world more sustainable, and that's why we're proud to be sponsored by Whiskey Lane. So, what are you waiting for? Grab your nearest artisan cheese or homebrewed IPA and run to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And remember, that's whiskey the Canadian way. Without any. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take it slow this time. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Today we are talking all about roti. But before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. We have an election coming up here in Canada in uh, under a month. So uh, this is maybe a good time to uh, look into what each of the major political parties is planning to do in terms of, you know, things like reconciliation and giving land back to the people it belongs to. Um, Because spoilers, uh, let's just say our current political leaders are not doing a very good job at that. And there's maybe some other people you should vote for, like uh, Jagmeet Singh. Anyway, not going to get too into that today, but uh, do your research and, you know, vote smart, people. Vote smart. Now, technically the word roti refers to an Indian-style flatbread, but for the purposes of today's episode, when we talk about roti, the thing that we're really talking about is the roti wrap, a popular item in Caribbean and West Indian cuisine that most commonly consists of delicious roti dough wrapped around a curried meat. I'm going to get into it a lot more with my guest Chris Walker in a bit, but... Curried meats and wrapped roti are really just the tip of the iceberg. Potatoes, chickpeas, like in chana masala, even pumpkin can all be delicious roti fillings, and different forms for the dough exist as well. In this episode, we're going to dig into the traditional wrap roti that is probably what you are going to get if someone just says, let's get roti, like that is kind of the default one. Uh, but we're also going to talk about the bus up roti, which I did not know existed before this call, and a new favorite of mine, doubles. So uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. My guest on this week's episode is Chris Walker. Chris is a writer and co-host on Nerdcraft Nation, a podcast focused on the MCU, Star Wars, and trying to get Warner Brothers to make good DC Comics movies. He's also a home cook, educated from afar via television by Julia Child, and up close by his Trinidadian grandmother. The Boston native currently resides in Seattle with his dog and his girlfriend. Chris, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Really excited to talk some food with you. Yeah. So I always let my guests take a minute at the beginning of the show to kind of talk about themselves 
themselves, contextualize themselves a little bit in terms of food, especially. Uh, so how about you tell us, you know, a little bit about where you grew up, how you grew up eating, if things have changed dramatically since then, how have they changed dramatically? Paint us a broad picture. I would, I'm a self-described picky eater. Well, I'll go backtrack a little bit further from that, but I'm from Boston. I grew up, actually, I grew up with your partner, Teffer. Um, we went to middle school and high school together and were very, I would say we were solid friends back yeah. then and still solid friends now and really happy to also see you both succeeding in these podcasts. But um, I grew up in Boston, born and raised there. Uh, my mom is from Trinidad. My dad is from Grenada, which are two islands in, like, I would say as close to South America as the West Indies gets without being in South America and very influenced by, uh, by like, African food culture, by Indian food culture in both places. So a lot of the food that I would eat would be, like, how do, how do I put this? Um, I... I have friends who are Indian and like I would go and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go and have this like Chana and Alu and they'd look at me and they'd be like, you know what you're talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like this is Trinidad. And they're like, no, 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 this is Indian. And right. I'd be like, oh, my God, mind blowing. And then stopped. And I was like, well, also Trinidad is like pretty evenly split, like 40 percent Indian, like 40 percent black. And then like there's a population that's like mixed race that goes in between both technically speaking and that like heavily influences my how the food that I know and my uh in the introduction I say like educated from afar by Julia Child <laughs> I grew up watching my grandmother love Julia Child my grandmother and my mom my mom loves Julia Child sure. and I grew up watching a lot of like Food Network but like watching all those old PBS like cooking shows like Julia Child Wolfgang Puck um I'm trying to remember Ming Tsai who sure. is from the mass area, um, all those like really raised me as a kid growing up. And I learned how to like, it got me an interest in food and in cooking as a whole. And then on the other side of that directly, my grandmother, may she rest in peace, was is the greatest cook I've ever had food from. Like I could go and have like a four, five course meal from like some fancy dancy chef out there. And when compared to my grandmother's cur curry goat, would not compare whatsoever to my grandmother's curry go with some good bus up roti and back in trinidad blow your socks off and yeah that's that's me in a nutshell like i grew up like just eating everything my grand well most of the things my grandmother would put in front of me i said that earlier i'm a picky eater i don't like like big like chunks of onion i don't eat fish which it's possibly equal parts because like i get sick every time i have like <laughs> big helpings of fish I've sure. discovered <laughs> like my stomach it just goes through me and I'm just like nope this is this is done interesting this is done. yeah you might have like a fish allergy I thought so and like I've gone to an allergies an allergist and I think it might just be like I haven't had it for so long mm. that my body may be rejecting it at this sure. point yeah I get that I think that anything that you like omit from your diet for long enough and then suddenly reintroduce your body's gonna have a bit of a hard time with yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean my girlfriend is vegetarian and i think she she accidentally had like pork in a meal once and basically was sick for four days oh yeah no yeah. i i had a uh, i had a vegetarian roommate once and uh i think i never told him that this happened because i was like embarrassed this was like 10 years ago now um I made chili, but I forgot to like 
give them a heads up that I had like reserved some bacon fat from the morning and like use that to like, you know, make the chili better. And like, you know, oh, it was yeah. otherwise an entire ve- entirely vegetarian chili. Um, <laughs> that was a bit of an oops. I can, didn't, I can he, imagine he, that like, just happening in this person being like, I... ooh, this chili is hitting. This is good. <laughs> well, that was the first reaction for sure. The first response was, this is fantastic. This chili is great. And then like, you know, later that night, some gas and things. But y- you can always just blame that on the beans, right? It was probably yeah, just the yeah. beans. That's what I always blame it on. Yeah. I always blame it on the beans. I will say putting a little bacon fat in your chili, inspired decision. Oh, always, always. I feel like, that's like that's a thing that i i want to do more intentionally is like set aside the fat from cooking because i feel like when you have that it just kind of like elevates things a little bit and it's also less wasteful to keep it you know yes and like reuse whatever you can like i was watching a video on from the epicurious youtube page and this guy's just got like duck he's cooking um duck in duck fat for ravioli and i'm just like sitting there amazed by this but also going (laughs) how do you just get all that duck fat? Like, are you going and like cooking off duck skin and like doing all that to get the fat, reserving it? And if he was, then more power to him. That's it. Well, I think that part of it is also like, I don't know if you like for every duck breast that you cook, you end up with like a lot more fat after that you can reuse than you would need for like the next thing you cook. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you don't... Like, one pack of bacon leaves you with a whole lot of fat that you can set aside and, you know, dole out for, like, multiple egg-frying sessions later. So... Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it just evens out. That's true. I'm trying to remember what was the last thing I used bacon fat for. I haven't had... I haven't had bacon in so long just by happenstance. I've been... Well, I've also been trying to, like, cut down on how much, like, fatty foods I have and everything like that. Just live a health a healthier lifestyle sure air quotes yeah. air quotes <laughs> uh you know more vegetables uh oh actually i like used bacon fat to like grease up um carrots once Ooh, all right yeah and i seasoned it with oh i want to say like curry cinnamon a little brown sugar and like some italian seasoning and it came out oddly sure. good there is nothing like a roasted carrot I'm going to roast some baby carrots after this, honestly. <laughs> like, I've never... got some in the fridge, and I'm just going to, like, throw it in there. I've never thought about roasting baby carrots, but I love that oh. idea. I think of yeah. them as such a, like, baby carrots, to me, they're exclusively for dipping, you know? Oh, uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, it's, it's the snap, too, because when they're uncooked, you just get a yeah. snap Perfect. on them with, like, some peanut butter or some hummus or... I don't, I don't know what what do people eat it with other than that i guess ranch? ranch yeah i'm a hummus person i started making my own hummus recently that's been a fun little adventure so i saw i saw someone posted on facebook that she was looking for somebody to make her a massive batch of hummus once a month that she can like <laughs> buy from them and i was like well you know i've got a food processor i could i could fuck with that i could make some hummus yeah. and then uh, she lived like all the way across town and neither of us was willing to make the trip but i was like well i'm gonna make my own hummus for myself and uh pretty good pretty good all right, all right. it's uh yeah good times anyway we're not here to talk about hummus we're here to talk about roti so uh when you and i were chatting a little bit before figuring out what to do for the show i was asking you about like the food you grew up eating and if there was anything that you had like a deep connection to and you mentioned roti as a potential option and 
I had at the time only ever eaten roti once. <laughs> so <laughs> let's take a little trip here back to 2011. Uh, I know it was 2011 because it was uh, about a week after the first episode of Game of Thrones came out. Oh boy, I was like 18. I, I think I had just moved out possibly. And I was hanging out oh, with wow. my buddy Sam, who uh, would eventually go on to become my roommate and my kid's middle name giver i guess uh <laughs> real good friend of mine we got roti from a place around the corner from his house that no longer exists <laughs> and um that, you know where this story is going uh yes. i got violent food poisoning from it it was delicious uh but my stomach super duper couldn't handle it um so i saw about five to ten minutes of the season series premiere of game of thrones and then i went and uh, used his toilet for 45 minutes um and then i never watched game of thrones again till like season five or six <laughs> this is heartbreaking that roti is a part of why you've not watched game of thrones well i, also I did i did end up watching it later i, okay, I just okay. i just kind of you know you, you fall off you of something yeah i took a break for like a few seasons and then i started it from the beginning and you know then i stopped when it started getting bad and i'll let people at home decide what that means uh i i have to interject and just say that's a good decision on your part because yeah. when it started getting bad it started getting yeah me yeah, and that's the guy who's at Nerdcraft Nation talked about this, and we were like, "This when this show fell off, it really just decided to go full force, dive off <laughs> of the cliff from there." Well, and I feel like the—I mean, this isn't a Game of Thrones pro- podcast, but like, I feel like the problem with Game of Thrones is is just that it got ahead of itself, right? Like, yeah, they just got to a point where they were like, "Well, we got to kind of make things up," and then it got bad, and you know, that's going to happen sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I didn't eat roti again for years after I literally actually did not eat it again until you and I had that conversation a couple months ago. <laughs> um, so yes, I, and I remember the picture <laughs> you sent me and I was like, ooh, that is that is good. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it. So this time I did my research. I made sure to order from a reputable spot <laughs> instead of a <laughs> sketchy little... I remember this distinctly. We walked in. It was a joint that now is a really nice little taqueria. Um, but at oh, the time it was like the walls were kind of dingy. There was one table. You walk up to the counter and there's like an older lady who's, you know, work in the counter nice enough and then we ordered and like maybe like half an hour later a guy comes out just reeking of weed <laughs> and just really slowly <laughs> puts the puts the to-go bags on our table and you know we took it and headed out and i was a little bit skeptical in that moment because i was like this guy this guy's super stoned right now like do i trust i mean at the time i had never smoked weed too so i was a little judgier than i would be now but i oh, was like enough. even now even now as someone who doesn't generally judge people for smoking weed I'm still a little bit like, should you be smoking that much weed while you're in the kitchen? I don't know. Um, and anyway, so that ruined me. But this time around, I like did my research and was like, where's the best one in the city? Or at least within my delivery radius. Oh, and yeah. uh, found a really good spot that like had a lot of good reviews on Uber Eats and like people that I know love it. And I was like, all right, perfect. Let's do it. Um, and you had suggested that I order something called doubles. So yes. I did that. Yep. Do you want to... Just because I'm still not totally clear on the distinction, do you want to explain for the listeners what doubles are compared to just normal roti? So doubles is like a, how do I put this? It's like a fried flatbread. And it's like usually like not soggy, but like wet enough. And it's like a simple dough. It's similar to roti dough, actually, now I think about it. But um, uh, it's like simple and you go and you fry it and you don't but you don't like fry it down so that it'll be like crispy like bread you fry it so that it's just like cooked up enough so that it's not um 
so it's not just doughy and mm-hmm. but it still has like like a certain amount of doughiness to it and then you usually eat that with uh like with a chana so basically like a curried chickpeas i've seen people have uh i'm trying to remember not a masala um like a chutney with it actually mm-hmm. yeah yeah with a chutney with it and it's it's so good it's like it's like a little hand taco. Yeah. It's like it's very taco like in structure actually. Yeah. Because you can go and you can fold it and you can just like add a little more. I whenever I'm in New York, like I try to go to this I can't remember the name of the shop, but there's a roti shop in Queen Oh, Trin City Roti in Queens. I try to go over there and get some roti and some doubles from mm-hmm. over there. My cousins all swear by it. I've I have friends who live in Queens and they all swear by it. and every time I'm out there I try to make it in there. There's a couple of roti shops in Boston that have doubles and actually Sings Roti has doubles and that's the one place that I'll go to and I don't love the food there as a whole but like the doubles are always what I go in there whenever I'm in that area. I'm always like, "Oh, you guys, sorry, I have to take five <laughs> run, go to Sings, come back." And they're like, "Chris, where'd you go?" I'm like, Yo, I gotta get my double. What, what are you doing? I like. I was that. hungry. I satisfied my hunger. Yeah, this is I a simple. That's, that's valid. I think it's okay to, yeah. to occasionally run off for five minutes and get a sandwich. Oh yeah, yeah. I do. I used to do that in college all the time. I would be at a bar with friends, and then I'd be like, "You guys, I'm. I, I gotta go." And then I disappear, <laughs> show back up with like a slice of pizza in my hands, and I'd be walking my friends home. They'd be like, "Wait, wait, wait, Chris, when did you go get a pizza?" And I was like, "Shh." Listen, we're across the street <laughs> from a pizza place, from like five pizza places. This is this is really a you question. Yeah. You should answer that yourself. <laughs> As someone who, uh, I mean, I don't drink now, but when I did drink, I usually just drank at home. Uh, I gotta say the the like the social experience of going out to a place to get drinks and then also grabbing a slice of pizza is like nothing else. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh I yeah. And that. I, I sometimes would just be at the bar and I wouldn't be ordering drinks and then I'd be like, all right, I've like hung around and danced enough and it's pretty late. I'm I'm getting hungry. Now it's time for me to go and just like deal with that. It's pizza time. And then pop back up. Yeah. Pizza time. Yeah. So, so I tried these, I tried the doubles from this place and they were fantastic. And, uh, also just portion size was beautiful. Like, you know, when you, when you try a new takeout place and it's like, oh, the price isn't super high. I hope that it's enough food. And then it's like twice as much food as the places <laughs> you usually order from. And it's like, oh, why do I ever order from anyone else? That um, is the thing <laughs> about West Indian restaurants. Like you go in there and you can order like the small and the small will be as big as like another places like medium or large. Right. And well, like you're getting so much bangrier back there. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that part of it is also just like, like, let's be real. If like half the plate is rice and the other half is something that includes a lot of dough, like it makes sense that they can charge not a ton for it and have it be super filling because, exactly. you know, dough and rice are both not going to cost a fortune to make and you can make them delicious for like very little. So like oh. totally makes sense. Uh, but I just wasn't anticipating it. <laughs> and I was like floored by just the like massive quantity of food that they gave me um and it was delicious and now i feel like you know i feel like that well okay no i i think that roti had been kind of ruined for me by that first experience for a yes. while but i i was gonna say like caribbean food as a whole like hadn't really like sunk in for me until this which is true but i had had like some really good jerk chicken and like I've always loved like plantains and stuff but like I hadn't had like I I hadn't thought of Caribbean food as something that I would seek out if that makes sense until 
this dish this hit me i get that yeah like it just i think because that other place's roti ruined me and then i just kept having like you know i had a good jerk chicken experience once and i like had plantains but like they were they were good but it wasn't it never captured me this was what captured me and i think there's something really fun about that oh i get that entirely because i i feel like especially like in your late 20s when you're a foodie who eats a lot of food from a lot of places like by now most places have captured me so it was fun to have a new one pop up for me this year yeah i i'm at this point where i like have tried a lot of different cuisines and i haven't had anything outside of what i've already had capture me and i'm still trying to find something new and that gets to me but um i i get that feeling that you're talking about more as like the person who's like introduced people to like different things and different foods like all, a lot of my friends and family just like will text me and be like yo chris is this place good and i'll be like this place is garbage please do not ever text me about this place again <laughs> i will not i will start blocking your number from now on but like i also like i think a couple years ago maybe yeah four years ago i took a couple of friends over to this place ali's roti in oh is that roxbury yeah that's roxbury in roxbury and ali's is like this place i've been going to since i was a literal child like my mom and my dad actually used to work around the corner from the one that's on blue hill ave in mattapan and i would go in there all the time with him my mom and i actually lived maybe like a 10 minute drive away from where it is on blue hill ave and that's like the roti shop that we would go to all of the time because that's so close to where my mom's house is and like i grew up going there all the time the other one that's in roxbury i took my friends there in 2017 and i was because we've been texting and i was like yo you guys want to go get some roti like on this saturday when you know the homie's going to be in town we got nothing to do for like a couple hours until we have to go to this one small event thing and they were like, yeah. And I took, I think I want to say like four or five of them over there. And I was like, all right, this is what you guys got to do. You got to be nice to the ladies behind there. The ladies kind of know me because they're friends with one of my aunts. And I was just like looking at them. They're looking at me. They're like, Christopher, why are you bring so much business in here all the time? I'm like, listen, <laughs> my friends live across the street. I just told them that this is a good place. And they shouted me out. All right, thank you. You should give me a discount now. <laughs> and I was like, and my friend, I had a couple friends who were just like, oh, they got goat here. I was like, are you adventurous with your eating? Just don't complain. Just take it and don't complain. And they <laughs> had maybe the best time going to a restaurant that wasn't like fancy or anything like that as I think I've ever seen. Uh, genuinely, like every time we're talking about like food and everything like that, they always like mention, they always bring that up. And like I've had to bring other friends who have had roti before and who haven't had roti before over there, like whenever it's their time in Boston, just hanging around and be like, okay, okay, this is this is hitting the spot. This is filling me up. I love that. I like yeah. having a like a place that's your sort of like, let me show you kind of place, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's my let me show you type of place. Yeah, I, I think that's... I, I feel like I've had a couple of those throughout the years. My most recent, and I haven't been in a couple of years at this point, because when you when you have a kid, you leave home a lot less, just kind of by default, because, you know, babysitters or whatever. And then, you know, we had a pandemic. So I haven't, <laughs> I haven't really gone downtown in like two years. But um, there was, or I hopefully still is, a place near the improv theater that I used to go to. Uh, and this place is called Bocadillo. And it was a, uh, I think, Venezuelan sandwich shop, basically. Like they did, um, 
here we go. Yeah, arepas. There we go. Um, and I mean, honestly, an arepa, an arepa is like kind of the Venezuelan version of a roti, if you think about it, not too much. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that place was my like go to like if I had to, if I if I had friends who were in town or if I was like you know getting lunch with people after an improv class, I would be like, this is the place we have to go to. I will not hear other suggestions. This is where we're going. Their arepas were fan- were fantastic. Their empanadas are fantastic. Everything there was fantastic. They had yuca fries which if you've never had fried yuca before you're missing out oh my god i love yuca fries i love yuca fries it's so I have, good it's so good it's so it's so underrated too i wish more places did that like standard potato fries are fine like i'm sure. not gonna hate on at all but like a yuca it's got like a nice like it's rich but it's yeah. not too rich it doesn't overwhelm you it's not like having like i don't know duck fat fried anything yeah that's it like it it is such a like they they have like a nice kind of starchiness to them which feels like a weird thing to like hype up but i'm gonna hype it up you know oh no yeah go ahead yeah i'm into it i i feel like there is i don't know there's 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 just something about an alternative french fry that really gets me going sweet i like us actually honestly like normal potato french fries like i like maybe the least now because i like i like a sweet potato fry i like a yam fry well technically those are the same thing in a way well um, hang on now hang on now yeah you, you know as well as i do that yams and sweet potatoes are not the same thing come on they're not come on but i'm trying to remember directly what i'm thinking of um oh uh i'm thinking more directly of the uh have you ever seen those like purple sweet potatoes the japanese yeah um, yeah yeah i made fries with those once like actually more potato wedges oh purple yams there we go the ube yes yes uh, ube yeah yeah there we go like a couple years yeah i used to not a couple years ago i actually still regularly make them because you can get them for like 5.99 like a big old bag of them at um trader joe's oh nice yeah and i would just go and i would like cut them up and give it like a quick fry or like a quick roast and just eat those as fries and i like season everything with like either just like a lot of garlic or like curry powder sure and with curry powder they're they're delicious they're so good like a nice helping of salt nice amount of like black pepper on there and like you're good and they're delicious (laughs) oh my god i'm making myself hungry as i say that i especially love the idea of a purple thing flavored with curry because i feel like you don't when when I hear curry powder, oh, yeah. I immediately go to the like the powerful yellow, right? And, yep. like yeah, yeah. When when it's purple, you don't expect that, so it almost creates this like uh, it it messes with your brain a little bit. I can imagine it does. I like that. it does, but it's it's maybe like a good, it's this strange flavor combo that always just hits me, and I'm like, mm, it's still, it's never gonna, it's <laughs> never not gonna be a shock for me, even that. when I make it myself. <laughs> I love that. Hey there, it's the mid-roll. Are you enjoying the show so far? I'm glad. (laughs) Make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review I get during the month of August, I'll be donating $2 to The Depot, my local food bank here in my neighborhood of NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So if you do that math, you leaving a rating and review for free means $6 worth of food goes into the pockets or 
pantries, I guess, of people who need it. There's no other way to turn zero into six. So if that math is exciting for you, go leave a rating and review of the show. It, it's really, really easy and takes like two minutes and it goes a long way. You can also read more about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Now that this show has been heavily focused on food for a while, uh, I want to really encourage people who have left reviews in the past to go and update their reviews because a lot of the old reviews still talk about the show like it's a comedy podcast and also a lot of the old reviews misgender me i use they them pronouns exclusively now so um if you've left a review in the past maybe consider updating it i'll count it as a new review um because technically a new review is more accurate than you know an old one and also i don't know man uh misgendering me sucks so don't that's all (laughs) don't. Speaking of me, I'm going to get a little personal here. Uh, Money is extremely tight for me right now, so I'm going to uh, really encourage you, if you are so inclined, to go check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and pledge to donate as little as a dollar a month to help me produce this show and also pay my bills. Um, The more money comes in from that, the less odd jobs I have to do in order to pay bills and buy groceries for my family. Uh, So it would be really, really cool if this show was like really, really sustaining because uh unless ubi becomes a thing after this next election cycle i don't really know where my money is coming from (laughs) for the next little while i'm going back to school i have student loans and bursaries but uh it would be nice to have a little bit of extra income coming in so if you feel so inclined like i said go to patreon.com slash no bad food pod and donate um also if you're in the montreal area i will make food for you you can pay me for it. (laughs) I have recently started one of those Instagram small-scale catering deals where uh, you can check my Instagram page at Tom Zalatni and every month there's going to be a new menu uh, with, you know, things that are kind of regular on the menu like uh, cheddar biscuits and like beans and rice and things like that, but also a monthly special. Um, I'm not telling you what September's special is yet because at the time of recording, I don't know, but August's special was a southern plate that had like a faux hop and john that people really, really love and a grilled chicken breast and uh some of those cheddar biscuits that i mentioned before and i had a bunch of people buy it and love it so if you live in the montreal area and want to buy some food from me hit me up i would be very happy to cook for you Last but certainly not least, if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to last week's episode where my guest Andrew Henderson and I talked about the Cubano, the Cuban sandwich made of pork and pickles and mustard and whatnot, uh, go cue that up to listen to after you finish this one. We get into what makes the Cubano such a perfect sandwich and share some of our favorite sandwiches, kind of just in general. It's a big celebration of sandwiches. That's what we're here for, right? To celebrate food. So yeah, go listen to that one when you get the chance. It's very fun. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get back to my conversation with Chris Walker. So let's get back into roti a little bit because I want to. Yeah. <laughs> I want to kind of like. I want this episode to kind of wrap me up in it almost, which you know, <laughs> I, I like. Hmm. I enjoyed the phrasing there. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. Do you remember like the first time that you had one, or is it just such a like staple for you that it's hard it's, to place? It's such a staple for me sure. that it's like hard to place the first time. Like I would say probably when I was like one or two years old because like my grandmother would like make it for like special occasions for like random like fridays my uncle frankie who's my mom's oldest sibling my mom is the last of 10 kids wow he's not the oldest he's the second oldest my uncle sammy is older than him but yeah the last of 10 kids all together okay he whenever he comes to boston like he goes and he just buys roti whenever he goes to new york he lives in connecticut he 
whenever he's in like New York or Boston, he goes and buys roti and he'll go and he'll just bring some and drop it off for us at our house as like a gift. And he's, I love, he's like a father figure in my life, always has been. And literally like he'll drop that off. And I remember once when I was a kid, like I went and I took some and there's two types of roti. There's like wrap roti, which is, which like inside of it, there's like kernels of uh like cornmeal i think yeah i think it is cornmeal and uh when you break that apart like the cornmeal goes everywhere and it's already like cooked so it's easy to eat and you can go and you can put that with like a sauce and you get like you can still like pick up the sauce with that with your hands and you get like a good it's like a really interesting flavor with like a curry Mm -hmm. so it like pops a little bit not literally but it like the flavor (laughs) pops at you but um there's also bus up roti, which is like it's tear apart. It's how it's made. I'm actually gonna have to send you the video, Tom. Sure. Because there are people who literally go and they like they go, they make the dough. You go, you wrap the dough with like a lot of uh, butter on the inside. You go, you pull it together, and then you put it down on a um, on a tawel, which is like basically a flattened out pan. Okay. Some I think most tawels are like cast iron. I actually have never seen a stainless steel tawel, mm. but um. You go and you like stretch it out a little bit and i've seen people just go and like start hitting it with sticks which is like very traditional okay and like i mean like broomsticks like i've seen people hit it with broomsticks i've seen people hit it with like rolling pins i think it's more common to do rolling pins Mm. and just like get the structure a certain way and it's very flaky and like a certain amount of crust but not too like crusted through okay and i remember as a kid taking that and making like a peanut butter and jelly with that Ooh, okay yeah, with that style of roti, with bus up roti, and my mom like laughed and was looking at it like this is ridiculous, and I was just like, "This is good. I don't know what you're talking about. This is hitting. This I love is hitting that. for me." Yeah, no, that yeah. sounds wonderful. Because it, if it's like flaky and buttery, it's almost like trying to do a like a PB and J on a croissant almost. And it, oh yeah, exactly. That's beautiful, but like it's not croissant like in any other sure. way except for like the <laughs> amount of crust you get to it. Right. Yeah, like it's like it doesn't. It looks like the inside of a croissant just like rolled out, and but like with like a little bit of a a little singeing on like the Mm. top of it a little bit and like it's so good like that that's my recommendation by the way (laughs) the next the first chance you get to get bus up roti like take it there's only like one roti shop in seattle like within my direct uh delivery radius on uber each and like that place the food is great they i always have to order bus up whenever i get like a curry goat or curry chicken right i had some a couple days ago and i like they forgot the bus up and i immediately called over and they were like we're so sorry we ran out (laughs) and that's that's like a common thing from of all the west indian restaurants that i grew up going to when they run out of food they are done right yeah like i I will go to fair enough (laughs) yeah i i've gone to ali's and they close at like eight i've gone there at like six o'clock on a saturday and I've gone and I've walked up and I've been just gone and looked in and they don't have like they run out of like pumpkin, curried pumpkin. They've run out of the uh, they've run out of the chana. They've run out of the alu, which is like curried potatoes. They've run out of curry chicken. And I just stand there and I'll be like, all right, I guess I'm getting this roti with uh, goat. You guys got any bus up? They'll just look at me and be like, young man, why do you think we have bus up now? <laughs> the bus, there's no more bus up. You, you see no no pumpkin anything else you see goat there's no no bus up and i'll just like sit and stand there and look sad and they'll be like do you want some pepper sauce and they'll just like throw me like three extra things of like 
pepper sauce, which is basically just like hot sauce. Sure, yeah. Just like ch- a chunkier hot sauce, <laughs> yeah. effectively. Yeah, made with Scotch bonnet peppers. Beautiful. But um, beautiful peppers. Those. Oh, big fan. Like, we're we're actually trying to grow some on Ooh. our like little garden out here right now, and it's. I think it's going well. I can't really tell. Sure, you'll know when you yeah. know. Yeah, I'll <laughs> know when the girlfriend's home. <laughs> Oh man, I was just looking at the menu for the uh, the place that I got the doubles from, and they don't have bus up, so I'm sad. Shameful, now. shameful, shameful. Well, wait, you guys are in Montreal, correct? That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's like a I want to say that there's like a couple of other like roti places. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. want to say that there's like a I wouldn't say that there's as many as Toronto. Every I have an uncle that lives in Toronto. He's been there for forty years. Right, and every time someone in my family goes up there he they always wind up going on like just a full tour of as many roti places as they can get to right yeah because there's so many well i think like montreal for for all that it is a city with like a pretty big immigrant population and a lot of good food it doesn't have the same density as toronto does right mm-hmm. like they're That's true. toronto i i I think I might be wrong about this, but I feel like Toronto you you might actually be a minority if you're white in Toronto. I think in terms of like numbers, whereas Montreal, I'm I pretty sure that is true. still not the case. I, I, that might not be true of Toronto either. Um, but I think Toronto definitely has like a larger like immigrant population than Montreal does. That's not, that's I'm kind not of sure surprising. I know whenever I talk with my uncle, he always mentions how like the gentrification is pushing people out of like their neighborhood and i always it's not surprising because that's how that works i'm gonna pull this up let's see right now ontario is the province with the most immigrants in canada oh, wow. followed by bc and then i'm guessing i'm guessing quebec is right after that yeah no alberta then quebec yeah. interesting but yeah ontario is the biggest number and i would imagine that that's mostly around the like greater toronto area if not specifically toronto itself but like you know all the suburbs that call themselves Toronto to people who don't live in Toronto. Listen, I understand that <laughs> deeply. I'm from Boston. Everybody who's from Lynn and from Malden is always like, oh, I'm from Boston. I'm like, oh, which part? And they go, they went and they get sad and they turn their head down. They're like, from Malden. I'm like, that's a suburb, buddy. You can be proud of where you're from. Don't worry. No one's going to shame you. My favorite thing about living, like, actually in, like, the city city, because Montreal has that too, right? Where, like, it's an island, so if you're oh, from yeah. Montreal, it's you're from the island, right? But there yeah. is a part of the island called the West Island, and it's technically the West Island mm-hmm. of Montreal. But people from the West Island, because it's so removed from downtown call every part of the city that is closer to downtown, downtown. And so my neighborhood, <laughs> that's, like, a solid half-hour at least from downtown still gets called downtown and i'm like no no guys there's a real difference yeah there's a huge difference last roti question for you before we start wrapping up what is if you could have a perfect experience a perfect roti experience where are you getting it how are you getting it who's making it for you what's your like your ideal you know so my ideal used to be like saying like if I could have my grandma's roti one more time, like mm-hmm. a good boneless chicken with uh, boneless chicken, curry chicken with like chana and alu. That'd be amazing because my grandmother was the best cook. She simply the best. Like all her food was amazing. I, but now she's been she passed away in 2013, late 2013, uh, and I 
I actually had been thinking about this question for a while. I was like, mm -hmm. if there's one place that I could go to, where would I get it from? And I have two answers. And sure. one answer is directly um, uh, if I could have like, like restaurant wise, like I would go to, I would go to Trin City because the roti there is fantastic. Like a, their curry chicken with like chana and alu is amazing. A little pumpkin too. It's to die for. Um, truly, truly great. And if I could get it with a bus up roti, like that would be amazing. But the in my weird in the know answer is that like I since I grew up in Boston, I know I have like a lot of aunties. I have my aunts, my actual aunts, and then I have aunties who are just like the family friends who sure, yeah. like want to be called auntie. And there is this one woman, I oh my god, I'm gonna blank on her name right now. Great. Um she doesn't live that far away from us. Her name is Auntie. Boston. Her name is Auntie, That's yes. It. But That's she's it. she's super cool. We see her every I actually I haven't seen her in a while, but um she makes an amazing curry goat. Like simply one of the best curry goats I've ever had in my entire life. And if I could have the curry goat that she makes with some chana and alu, and she actually this this woman, um, she makes usually I think on like the first Saturday of every month, she makes like she does curry chicken, she does curry goat, she does chana and alu, she makes bus up, which is actually a lot easier than the than wrap roti to make, in my opinion. She makes actually no, that is the other way around. That is not true. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um I just got a flash of like how to make roti on both sides and I was just like, Nope, nope, nope. I just <laughs> uh, why why lie about this? She makes like a smorgasbord of food. Amazing. She makes she makes uh fried bakes, which is basically just like fried little doughs of breads, kinda like looks like doubles, but just like more fried through. Mm. And like she makes salt fish, which is like codfish, um like uh yeah, like codfish. Uh, I can't actually explain it that well, but it's really good. It's breakfast food style thing. And legit, her curry goat is to die for. I would have that with some alu and chana and some basup, some some uh, maybe some curry mango too Ooh, with that. Right. Oh, yeah. Very underrated thing. Curry mango is so good. So, so flavorful and like just sits with you in such a good way though <laughs> but yeah yeah I, i'm really gonna i'm gonna send this when this episode comes out i'm gonna send it to my mom and she's gonna like yell at me for like an hour for forgetting the name for forgetting this auntie's name yeah <laughs> well you know what i think you just praised her food so at least there's that yeah sometimes yeah. you and forget family members first names oh you know? <laughs> no i remember i remember uh it's uh this woman named miss jennifer she is she's been my mom's friend for like 20 years and she's a pastor at a church in boston we used to go to and she is an amazing cook yes yeah. it's miss jennifer well shout out to miss jennifer and shout out to <laughs> yeah. trin city which is in queens you said i yeah i believe it's in queens or, or I did i remember. google that i i <laughs> either you said it or google said it i don't remember yeah google said it there we go um yeah. sweet well that sounds fantastic and i'm going to be keeping an eye out to see if i can get some bus up roti sometime soon because uh yeah, just the the looking at it makes me want it. It makes me want to get into it with my hands <laughs> yep. and and grab yeah. food with it and just you know when you see something and you're like I bet that's messy, but in a really like satisfying way. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. My girlfriend, she had it for the first time for my birthday in uh, April and 
it got we we both just got so messy like we went to go pet the dog and like the dog was sniffing at our hands and i <laughs> immediately had to pull my hand back i was like no 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 there's too much curry on my hands right now this dog is gonna like lick it a little bit and just go <laughs> and then just run away oh i thought you were gonna say he's gonna lick it a little bit and be like oh curry crisp delicious <laughs> Lunch oh my time. god that is my that is my worst fear <laughs> yeah no kidding that is uh i had a dog when i was a kid and i mean he never bit me but i was always worried you know there's nothing stopping oh, yeah. them really except truly the, nothing. like love i guess stops them which is beautiful yeah 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 i mean i <laughs> my dog will like playfully like chew at me a little bit and i'm just like oh i know you're not going to do anything but what if one day she just does yeah what if one day she just does and i'm just like this this is the risk this is a risk i've already been preparing myself for there's nothing stopping them you know it takes the same amount of pressure to bite through a finger that it takes to bite through a baby carrot yes yeah and we don't roast our fingers with curry powder and i mean we don't we don't (laughs) that was me trying to go full circle there but i'm tired i i literally was about (laughs) to make a joke about who's that actor who got caught up with being a um army hammer but i was like no 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 that's that is way too close to the sun on that one yeah well you know i've always said that if i had if it was possible to ethically consume human meat i would <laughs> but like there's no ethical way to yeah. about that yeah <laughs> yeah like you, you know if if it was possible if it was well prepared by a culture who really really cared about it and they were honoring me by serving me human flesh and it was ethically harvested somehow i would eat it <laughs> That's that's all I'm saying. I don't crave it. I don't want to eat it. But no, I don't no. crave a century egg either. And I would still eat that if somebody offered it to me. So I get that. That's fair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, that feels like a weird note to go out on. But this <laughs> happens sometimes. Note to go. You know what? This is what happens. You invite me on your podcast. I, I always want to go out on a weirder note than I start on. That's, that's what I bring to the table. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, if people want more of you going out on weird notes, uh, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CWLKR20. And um, Nerdcraft Nation, we can be found on, yeah, on Twitter and Instagram at Nerdcraft Nation, spelled N-E-R-D-C-R-A-F-T-N-A-T-I-O-N. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, check it out. I'll also include links to uh, everything that you plugged. And also, uh, I guess that's... I, don't, that I, I will include links to everything in the description yeah, of this episode for ease of access. Yeah, thank I was like, you. There's yeah, no second item in that list. <laughs> everything no, that you plugged no. is all encompassing. Word, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you for having me. That brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to join the conversation? Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at No Bad Food Pod or at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, please consider going to patreon.com slash no bad food pod to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Chantal, and David. Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. <laughs> Toby's excited about it, clearly. So if that is as exciting for you as it is for my toddler, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to make it happen. I will reiterate that money is very tight right now, so if you could make it happen, that would be rad. <laughs> 
We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Tee Public. And of course, you can support the show for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links to support both of them, as well as links to everything that Chris and I want you to check out in the description of this episode. Last but not least, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalat, and I, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. See you next week for my birthday episode. My birthday is on Monday. Hooray! You understand It just takes a little time It takes a little time It takes a little time with me Dungeons, Dragons, Canada, The Multiverse Theory, Corgis, Queer Representation, Reconciliation, Angels, Demons, Squirrels, Moose, Moose and Squirrels, Sorcerers, Dinosaurs, Forests, Giants, Rogues, Warlocks, Plains, Sewers, Lavender, Natural Toonie, a Canadian Dungeons and Dragons podcast, right here on the Upford Network. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives, and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.